Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Made by Mamas, the podcast. I'm Zoe. And I'm Georgia. And we're here talking all things parenthood, tips and tricks, products we love, and brands that we can't live without. Let's get into it. Zozo, how's life on the floor? <laughs> Still on the floor, mate. I haven't worked I out a setup where we're not recording podcasts um, on the floor yet. No, I will. I mean, my whole life is on the floor now, anyway, because oh, I have no sofa. What my has husband, he done? Just, well, we're having some building work done. What well, is supposed to be this week? It's actually next week now, but um, we're having some walls down. And yes, I understand you need to clear the room. It gets very dusty. Yeah, but James, Judgy James, decided to get rid of all of our sofas and comfy chairs. So three. Just just disappeared yesterday, gone, and um, didn't think about the fact that it's Christmas coming up, we might want to entertain, um, the fact that we might just want to sit on the sofa and watch TV. I mean, um, I've got a theory about Judgey James. <laughs> I reckon he's doing like ayahuasca or like some sort of like mind-altering drugs when you pop out. Like, oh my God, we've got to get rid of the sofas. Like, just put a sheet yeah. over them. <laughs> he did buy a bre- he did buy a breathing bench, oh, which I nice. will up which I'll update you all on. And he sits on it each night and does an hour of breathing. So maybe wow. we're joining some kind of cult. I'm not yeah. sure. I just don't. I just don't know about it yet. Anyway, I'll let you know. <laughs> How about you're already in the cult and James is the leader and you haven't got a clue? I'll come to get you, mate. Don't I mean- worry. <laughs> you know don't make me jealous of you sitting anywhere comfy I'm glad you're sitting on the floor <laughs> yeah I'm good I'm really good Do you know what I didn't go to work on Sunday for the first time in a year um, oh my god I took the day off I took the day off me old workaholic over here and it felt <laughs> it felt so nice for loads of reasons firstly just to help Dozer out and be with you know be with him and the kids on a Sunday and secondly I don't know it just felt really nice like an old life where I actually enjoyed a weekend um obviously yeah. if anyone from hearts listening I love my job <laughs> I love working Saturdays and Sundays but you know what yeah it was really nice we went for a lovely walk down to Frencham Little Ponds which is our absolute favorite and they were filming there Henry Cavill is there they were filming the oh Witcher. wow yeah oh my god have I told you, know you about my Henry interest- Cavill story no you haven't but I'll tell on, you off, off air I think oh <laughs> Do you know what those 
no, it's really interesting that you say about the weekend. And I think, you know, you can have a, a partner or you can work Monday to Friday, you know, all the hours, but there is something about the weekend. Yeah. And I know that I feel on a Saturday, James works on a Saturday, obviously. I I really hate it. It's my worst yeah. day of the week because yeah. you feel like everybody else is you know doing family stuff especially at the moment um they're you know they're all together and and you're not and yeah. I do I might you know my heart goes out to you I know you love your job but it is it's a weird thing actually um working it, on the weekend yeah thank you and also you know you're feeling it because you're the partner that's left at home having to deal with the kids and it doesn't feel like or like weekends are for you know mucking in together and going to the going to the fucking park and doing all those kind of again, things again. <laughs> um but yeah it was lovely we had a really nice big roast big glass of wine just just really nice. great so I feel in really good shape and without trying to nause on about running because um some of our listeners aren't into running that's absolutely fine um but I've got back into it and I'm it's sort of sorting out my head mentally because obviously the gyms are closed yeah do you know what you're the we same right it, don't we yeah yeah I used to hate running I in fact I used to be one of those people who would listen to someone on a podcast <laughs> talking about loving running and thinking fuck off running <laughs> is shit running is the worst thing in fact yeah. if you spoke to me on March the day before lockdown in March I'd yeah. have said to you that like people who like running are weird and like yeah, I don't know, you know they're not my people and here I am weird 2020 turn me into a new person but please don't switch really off if you're not into it. running stay with us because <laughs> that's all we're going to say on the subject okay um, now, that's it yeah <laughs> today's guest is going to be a really really lovely chat we recorded it last week um and in in a very sort of weird world um i actually met this guest about i want to say like 14 years ago when she well, she's still a singer, a performer now, but when she was kind of living in London, she was um, singing lots. She was modeling. She was like the cool kid at the party. I remember seeing her once and I remember thinking, wow, what, what, what a woman. And now she's living out in the countryside. You know, she is doing loads of different things. She's written a children's book um, and she's a guest on the podcast. It's really like really exciting. Yeah. yeah. So today we're chatting to Vivi Brown. So welcome to today's episode of the podcast, uh, George and I, again, a really lovely moment for us today because um, we've both, both admired this lady from afar for a long time, um, a, a musician, a singer-songwriter, a producer, she's now an author, she's just written a kid's book, she's moved out of London, she's living in the sticks in her own words. Um, today we are joined by Vivi Brown, or Vanessa, do Yay. I call you Vanessa Brown, Vivi Brown? Vivi. <laughs> yeah, Vivi's cool, thank you. Oh, lovely to meet you all. Yeah, it's lovely Aww. to be on, on, on the show. I'm really looking forward to a nice chat. Yeah, we're so we're so yeah. over the moon that you've joined us today. We're, we're we're just desperate, aren't we, G, to get back into the studio so we can sit down face to face. We are, and actually see people. Um, so for those that don't know um, who you are and what you do, would you just give us like a little bit of a summary of what your life was like pre-kids and then sort of what you're doing now? Yeah, so um, I I'm a musician mainly. I was um, went into the music the music industry when I was about seventeen, eighteen, and um, released an album when I was twenty three called Traveling Like the Light. And um, I, I guess most people know me for the song uh, Shark in the Water. Um, and then yeah, I went on. I set up my own label in twenty thirteen and started to release independently. 
Um, and yeah, I've done a bit of music, a bit of modeling. I was the face of M&S for six years with Twiggy and Danny and done a lot of like pouting and <laughs> doing a lot of stuff and strutting. In, in strutting and fashion and things like that. Um, and uh, yeah, just um, did that for a good eight years, eight, eight years, eight, 10 years. And then I fell pregnant with my first child, Effie, and I just felt like I needed to take a little breather and have a break. I'd been touring for 10 years um, and kind of just consumed in that world, that sort of city life. And yeah, when I had my first, we decided to move out, leave London and just life kept, became a little bit more quieter and I concentrated on my um, being a mum really. So yeah. Because I mean, you were really in the mix, weren't you? In In London, living in Peckham, out and about, parties, touring. What was that? decision like when you finally you know made your mind up together as a couple to be like right we're out of here we're going I think you know what we went to when we were in Peckham we went to a party at the Bussy building and we just felt like we were a bit old we just <laughs> felt <laughs> we just we just sort of thought to ourselves all right okay um it just was a, a natural feeling inside that we were ready for this a new chapter. The party yeah. life just wasn't giving us the same thing. We weren't drinking and getting, you know, drunk like we did in the early stages of our, you know, our hipster life or whatever. <laughs> and um, yeah, it's just, I just believe in life. You just naturally moved through different epochs, don't you? Different stages mm -hmm. and they kind of come to you like a sort of whispering voice and sometimes you just have to listen and I think we we both were ready we, we felt we were ready we wanted more space as well because London was incredibly expensive yeah you know spending so much money for so so, so little we just thought mate let's just check out outside of London and see what we can get so there was a lot lots lots of different um different sort of dominoes that led to our decision really yeah. And so was that also the time that you decided to start a family? Did you sit down and say, right, you know, we're going to move up London, we're going to start a family? Or how, how did that go? So we talked about having a baby. And this is quite a funny story. And um, my husband, if he was sitting here, probably would be rolling his eyes and be like, don't go into the details. <laughs> um, no, go into the details, uh, go into the details, yeah. <laughs> Uh, um, I won't go too far. I've got a bit of a potty mouth, and it's just a very friendly family. No, 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 no. Family. We say fuck all the time. No, no, no. Oh, do you? Yeah, oh, we can right. swear. You can do whatever you want on this podcast. You can. Oh, brilliant, brilliant. All right. Well, um, so yeah, we just we sort of said we wanted to have a baby. We did it. Had a good old time doing it, <laughs> and um, literally the first time pregnant. Literally, no. like. And I knew it was such a weird thing. I knew I was pregnant because I was on the train and I came off the train and I was like, oh, something, something just feels really weird. So I'd never taken a pregnancy test in my life. Went to Boots, bought the pregnancy test. Yeah. Went to the toilet in Euston Station and... <laughs> I thought, oh, it's not going to, it's not going to be a pregnant. Oh, I'm just, it's just my womanly intuitions to that. It's probably wrong. Literally, it said pregnant. And I was so shocked. I went back to Boots and bought about 30 <laughs> tests, 30 tests. It was like I was an octopus on the toilet. 
like above <laughs> like they were all like pla- they were all sort of like littered around me ready to go and it was like still in the toilet in Euston station yeah I, I yeah. went back second time and then all of them and it was the, the posh ones you know yeah. the ones that say how many weeks you are oh yeah, yeah <laughs> yes yeah. So I must have dropped about a hundred and something pounds and um looked around the toilet and it was just pregnant 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 everywhere and I was just like yeah I'm definitely pregnant. pregnant. Yeah, definitely <laughs> pregnant. How did you feel in that moment? Oh, it was, oh man, it was surreal, really. It was really surreal. It was obviously joy because we talked about it. We were, you know, we were ready, but we just thought that we were going to experience months of shagging, like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like endless, like scheduled shagging and, you know, legs up in the air, legs up in the air, legs in the air kind yeah. of thing. Um, and it didn't happen like that for us, you know, uh, first time round. Second time round, we've got to be careful. Um, so, yeah, so we're really ha- we were really happy, excited. And it was all kind of, it all just fell into place, really. We were ready to leave London and, yeah, it was great. We were such a joy. And, yeah, and now Effie, and then Effie was born, yeah. And how did you, um, <laughs> how did you, cope with being pregnant because I've 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 met you before long 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 time ago and obviously you've been in the modeling world and I saw you at this party and I remember thinking wow she's like she's ethereal she's so tall and sort of beautiful and kind of you know so svelte you know and obviously you were modeling and performing and it it, you know it was a lot about I guess when you walked into a room you had a real presence I remember even though I only probably met you once um being pregnant obviously your body changes so much so how Mm. was that process for you and did you cope with it okay probably being a certain way and looking a certain way your whole life um I'll be very honest with you um it was a difficult journey in a sense of my perception of self especially with being in fashion and it was Mm. a massive realization that I'd been conditioned incorrectly and had a very bad self-image of my being as a woman Mm. Um, and I think when you have children and when you go through pregnancy all of this stuff all of this like psychological stuff some, can sometimes just reveal itself. Then you don't, yeah. don't even realise that it's inside. You don't even realise that you have these issues. So for me, the whole weight gain um, journey, um, especially as I, you know, I love food. But <laughs> yeah. in, in, in fashion, it was very much, I had a very bad relationship with food where it was very much eating. And then when there was a shoot or fashion week, you wouldn't eat to lose the weight. It was just a really bad pendulum of of, of a lot of eating and starvation. So I found it very difficult. And I've, I've actually found it difficult all the way through, even up to my second child, where mm. it's only now that I'm starting to accept my new self, my new identity, yeah. my new body, and to look in the mirror and see these curves and think, no, this is fine. This is me. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it's been difficult, and I really did. I don't enjoy pregnancy. I know I'm supposed to be like, oh, I'm pregnant. I'm glowing, but I didn't understand what that glowing mm. thing was. Mm. Like, it's sweat. Um, it's sweat. The glow is sweat. I think. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I I found it hard. I it was. I had Braxton Hicks. I was like. Felt like I was on a boat all the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was, I found it really difficult. Um, 
but I felt really blessed because I had a really good support system and I think you know that just you know brings things into perspective because some people are going through this journey without having that so you just have to kind of like say oh stop moaning I'm I'm all right you know yeah and you obviously you have two daughters and you can't you've just mentioned about sort of it taking a while to come to terms with your new body and you know you kind of had the realization that maybe your relationship with your body and your and your eating and all that kind of stuff wasn't great until you had kids is that something you are very aware of raising two girls oh my goodness that's such a great question oh great great question g that actually i've got to say that well yeah (laughs) It's so good because you really do start to look at yourself yeah. yeah, and your kids and how you don't want to project your bullshit on your kids, yeah. like your issues on your kids. So for me, oh my goodness, 100% fixing that broken perception of myself was, it was so important for me to do for my children more so. And it was only, um, yeah, it was just recently through therapy that I ha- I feel I'm at a place now where I feel, you know, I'm not going to do that. Like there's yeah. a real sense of peace. I, yeah. And I, I just think as mothers, women, parents, um, it's a journey, you know, it's a journey of us figuring it out within ourselves for our kids in a way. Um, and for us back, back again for ourselves. So yeah, great question. I yeah, got to do it for the girls, and they're my they're girls, and obviously in the media, yes, there is a much more open attack on the perception of self to women. We are immediately put in this box where we have to validate ourselves immediately by the way that we look, and so now more than ever, I need to show my girls you are beautiful as you are. Yes, you know. Yeah. Um, so yeah that's yeah that's such a good question yeah I I grew up my mum was a model and she was you know doing her thing in the 60s in London and my mum didn't you know is an amazing mum totally supportive but was so obsessed continually through my sort of childhood and teenage years and I've had this out with her this isn't anything new with how we looked it had such a monumental effect on me as a a young woman, you know, growing yeah. up and always being worried about my weight and how I looked and did, you know, was my hair perfect? And she used to make comments about being pretty and, you know, all this kind of stuff. And it, it's so, you know, it's just going back to what you said that 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 relationship is so fragile. It sits on a knife edge between getting it right and actually really fucking up your kids' lives. And I think with girls, there's that added pressure, like you said, because of the way that the media portray women. Mm. Um, it's really important to fix you before you can start trying to like raise the girls and do it like that's how I think about my about my two girls I I had to go through quite a similar thing that you did you know with eating and stuff it's like you just can't be projecting that stuff onto them because it rubs off yeah definitely and even just saying comments like oh my god I look fat you know like (sighs) you wear a dress and you're like oh my god I look fat in this I'd have to I have to sort of if Effie was around running around I would just think oh my goodness she you know they pick up so much don't they like there's things that I've said like, oh, maybe we'll go to Legoland quietly under my breath and she's upstairs and she'll come downstairs four week four weeks later. She'll go, When are we going to Legoland? I'm like, how did you hear that? <laughs> <laughs> they just honestly they pick up everything, don't they? So yeah, just you have to be so aware of it. The self awareness has to be so in check, doesn't it, for them? Yes. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Um, We read an article um, that you'd written about being a black woman in the countryside. And I was I was absolutely astonished by the stat there that there was only only two percent of black British people live in the countryside. Um, It's something that I mean, it blows my mind. And it's something I mean, I guess I've never thought about. And how do you feel, you know, raising your girls in the countryside as opposed to in a city which would be more diverse? Well, for me, I love the outdoors. Yeah. I love the outdoors. I love the fresh air. And I think it's really important for our children to experience the country outdoors, the woods and things like that, and getting dirty and muddy and all those things in the country. So I experience that and um, I love that. And I, I love the value of nature um um it is definitely a a complex journey and yeah. you have to make priorities on what you want to give your children i guess yes and it was a really difficult decision um because one one side of me and my husband on the one side was like if we bring the kids up in london they're going to see other versions of themselves more so so that potentially will give them maybe more confidence their psyche will be filled with you know a sense of reassurance that they aren't other or they aren't the only yeah um but then I spoke to my best friend and she's in a dual heritage marriage and got dual heritage kids and they live in the countryside up north yeah and she was she said to me look what's great is that you've got your family around you and you've got the cousins and you've got all of those people in her life yeah. in your children's life that will counterbalance that lack of that you might not see in schools so that made me think okay she's gonna have a rich broad community because she's gonna have her family in her life and that we've got a really big family um with lots of cousins and you know so that's great but it has been challenging I'm not gonna lie I I, walking in my village and people presuming that you're lost and you're from London you know what you know like you're not supposed to be here like asking immediately like you know what what where how is London or are you when are you when are you going back to London or just really odd questions where there's like a presumptuous presumptuousness yeah um to people touching my children's hair like at play groups like oh my god what do you do uh, when that happens well the first the first few times it happened I was diplomatic and because obviously when you're at play groups all the other kids are like watching as well. You've got to be an example and, you know, you don't want to cause a scene. And you also, those mummy groups is like going into the jungle, man. Oh, like yeah. you're trying to, yes. You're trying to make friends. So you don't want to come across as the difficult mum or the, you know, that kind of thing. So you're always, you're balancing that as well. Oh, oh don't, no, no, don't touch that. No, don't touch the hair. No, 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 no. It's sort yeah. of like smiling like, at the same time. <laughs> but I think when it happened, um, I was at gymnastics, a soft play gymnastics. When it happened, like a, the fifth time, I lost it a little bit. I actually mm. put my hair, my hand in the mother's hair. I know you that put, sounds. You put your hand 
in, in the, the, in the person. Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah and I moved it around and I said oh your hair is so soft it's just so blonde I yeah. never and and she, in that moment she stopped and she realized oh hold on a second yeah I, I mm. don't really like the way that feels mm. um I've won you know it's a violation because I've just put my hand in her hair and two I'm almost like petting her yeah. and in that mo- in that moment she immediately said I'm really sorry Oh. I'm, and it just clicked and so yeah I mean it's it's a balancing act and you know sometimes you will come across you know elderly folk in the country and you I don't know you sort of have a bit more I'm a bit more gen you know a bit more of a lead they're from a different generation so sometimes I I've learned it's about being kind in yes. your conversations yeah. rather than trying to be you know preachy try and do it in a way of love uh to create a conversation that might make them see another way and that's worked so well and we end up being friends and talking about it and moving forward and you know that that's worked well but it's still frustrating that I have to go through that yes that process but take a deep breath we'll be right back after the short break there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care plush care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe fda approved weight loss medications like wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. So welcome back, uh, back to this episode of Made by Mamas. Where were we? I was going to ask you actually um, what you're kind of doing to try and normalise it all. Like what conversations are you having and are you open to having conversations around it? Because what we've learned over the last however many months since the whole, you know, Black Lives Matters um, movement is that there's a lot of ignorance and, you know, <laughs> people aren't educated and in in this in this area and the conversations are uncomfortable and people don't know what to say and you know Georgia and I had to hold our hands up and very much say that we know we're not talking to our children about race but purely because we thought that we don't have a problem with it so why would we even talk about if someone you know was black or was asian or was white or you know what i mean like but it's really shaken up wake, woken us up i should say in a positive yeah. way um, yeah. But what, what what conversations are you having? Well, it's 
different institutions, different friends, different organisations, there's a different conversation with each. So I would say with Effie's school, for instance, um, country school, village school, um, I we have really great conversations making sure there's multicultural books. Sometimes yeah. I bring books in. Um, some of the other parents have been great and done the same thing. Um, Black History Month, there was very much a conversation of what's, you know, making sure what what are they talking about at Black in Black History Month this, you know, um, at this time and all the other festivals and religious festivals and things that are going on. Are they making sure they're on top of those things? But Ofsted is Brilliant. really good anyway with with monitoring those things. And I think with just friends and organisations, it's just being open. And when someone isn't sure about something or they've said something that might be offensive but they didn't mean it, yeah. I think it's really important to approach it with with a sense of openness because if we approach the ignorance with aggression and making somebody feel, um, you know, attacked yeah I do think even though as a black person I'm thinking to myself well you should really know that that's not on mm. if we want to if we want to move forward it is so important to allow that openness and that learning and that change and that humility yeah the humility on both sides to say oh okay I'm sorry about that you know and I've, I'm finding that is working for me I, even with my closest friends they've come to me and we've spoken about things and we've actually come out stronger, you know, come out yeah. really closer. So, yeah, I think it's all about moving through conversations with love uh, and being unafraid. Yeah. Being, being unafraid to say you're wrong or being unafraid to say this hurt me or this find, I find this offensive. And yeah. then in the work, in the workplace and mu music and that's my industry or obviously with the children's book, contributing to that industry just trying to make a difference and it doesn't matter what color you are it's just about humanity it's about mm. empathy it's about what if I say or do this how will that make the other person yeah feel and if we can all work like that I think we're going to move more forward and everyone's reality is so different Sometimes yeah. we think that our realities are the same as someone else's, but sometimes it's really not. And it's important for us to listen um, and to look at their reality and why they might feel or say what they're saying. That's yeah. what's helped me. That's really helped me a lot. Well, um, and so, you know, how, however many months ago, as Zoe said, there, there was sort of a lot on social media and in the media about the Black Lives Matter movement. And, you know, there was lots, there, lots of people sharing things on social media at the time. And I would say I haven't seen so much of that in the last couple of months. Do you think there has been a change since since then? And things, you know, just going on behind the scenes, people having conversations in their own homes and not so publicly? I do. I really yeah. think there's been a change. And the biggest change is that people are talking about yes. it. Yeah. And it's, it's a long process. There's, there's, a long, there's a long way to go. It's, this is not going to happen overnight. But the fact that we're openly talking about it and listening is amazing. And the fact that businesses are putting together initiatives to monitor representation the yeah. fact that I turn Netflix on and you've got I've noticed there's way more 
diversity within the programming. The fact that even Disney, Disney on the front of cartoons that have um, negative stereotypical connotations within their cartoons are putting a message of apology. These are massive shifts based on the fact that we are being more, more open about it. And, and that's beautiful. It's just, it's really great and positive to see. Um, And yeah, I think the more we talk, the more we listen, the more these changes will continue. And and that's the difference, I think, from before. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you uh, and get your opinion on the Sainsbury's Christmas advert. Have you seen it? Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, yeah. And the backlash from people saying, I'm not going to shop at Sainsbury's because you know, I can't identify with anybody in the advert. And then people, you know, there's been, I, I, I mean, I've got so many views on it, but I want yours first. Um, um, it, I, I, yeah. It's it's so hurtful when you see yeah. those comments. Yeah. And like my, you know, it, and it's not just hurtful because I'm black, because my husband's white and even he is hurt by it because it's just, yeah. it's just so odd. Um, there was an experiment that was carried out in the 1940s um, by... Um, an American psychologist, uh, I can't quite remember how, is it Brown and Brown, Brown versus Brown. Um, and it, there was a load of dolls and they were black dolls and they were white dolls and they got all the children to choose a doll which they liked and they said specific words and they said, okay, pretty, choose a doll, ugly, choose a doll, Um uh, I know, naughty, choose a doll. And a hundred percent of the white children chose a white doll, and a hundred a hundred percent of the black children chose a white doll. Oh. And oh, the experiment God. the experiment was repeated in 2010. Right. And it was very similar results. And and what it tells us is that when there is not when there isn't any representation it has a profound effect on our children's psychological choices yeah. on, and, and how what they deem to be positive and what they deem to be negative. And when people say that they don't identify with an advert because that you have to remember that for a long time, black people have been watching or it's not even just black people, my, minorities yeah, watching adverts through time or going to toy shops or and just seeing mainly versions of not themselves. Yeah. So mm. it's, and so it really hurts when you hear that because, you know, I feel for a long time we haven't seen ourselves in adverts and seen mm. ourselves in books and toys. And and we've still invested our pounds in those companies. In the, yeah, those businesses, exactly. In those, in those businesses. I mean, we, we, we go shopping too. Yeah. <laughs> No, we, we we need to go. We need to go to Sainsbury's too. So, yeah, I just think I think most people, though, for most people that I've met on my way, they were fine with it. I just think there is there's a, there's some you know a small, hopefully a small percentage of people who are that ignorant. But most people that I've met along, you know, they they're fine with it. You know, so what I love is how how much you come at it with love and there doesn't seem to be any <laughs> anger around it which is really amazing because my blood like boiled when I read the comments and, and saw you know people's reactions to it because how can you not be so furious at something like that but I think what's what's brilliant and 
you know, hopefully our children will see this as well, is that if we're going to make a change, we've all got to do it together and we've got to do it with love, not with hatred and anger. Um, Yeah, the the hmm. thing that I've noticed, I mean, I am angry, but the thing that I think as a black woman, we tend to be immediately put into the box of the angry black woman. Like, If you notice, like, you know, it's a stereotype, I think, that we have anxieties about as black women so sometimes when we see something and we're angry it's almost like we're afraid to be angry because we don't want to fulfill that stereotype so i there's definitely anger there but i really really am passionate about finding solutions yes that are gonna make that are really gonna change and that's why i did the children's book i was like how can i how can I contribute to this conversation that's going to somehow make a little bit of change? My little old me in the countryside, like what can I, <laughs> what can I, what can I do? I'm not Rihanna, but what can I do to do something? And I think little bits, little bit like this conversation today with you, these are the little things that just push, little, you know, make change talking mm. about it and doing mm. stuff. So, I'm a bit of a chatterbox, aren't I? Yeah, no, we like it. Tell us about the book. Yes. (laughs) So, um, yay. So the book is called um, Lily and the Magic Comb. um, And it's all about this magic comb that takes Lily to wherever she wants to go in her imagination. Um, And it's going to be a series book. So there'll be Lily and the Magic Comb goes to Out of Space, which is the first one. Yeah. in a magic comb goes under the water and you know under the sea um and yeah it's 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 a it's a book about encouraging children that they can achieve anything um and for me the comb is such a symbol of heritage because as a dual heritage or black child a lot of our identity or a lot of their identity is in their hair. Yeah. And and so, you know, I want the, the comb represents be proud of your identity and with your identity, with who you are, um, you can achieve and go anywhere you want in your imagination. So that's kind of the what the the book is about, but it's wrapped up in much more, you know, fun, whimsical language for um, all children to enjoy and yeah i can't wait to read it i mean forget about the kids me and george are gonna sit down when's it out so the book will be available to buy on the 5th of december perfect for christmas yes so you can um get the book on amazon waterstones Uh, you can get a a signed book from um, the woke kids book uh, platform which is wokekidsbooks.com as well so yeah um all available there for you and oh, we're so excited yeah oh good luck and yes. um, yeah. we like to ask all of our guests what is the best piece of advice they've ever been given as a parent or what piece of advice would they give to their best mate who's just about to become a parent be kind to yourself that's so important as parents um the mummy guilt or the daddy guilt or the parent guilt um it can get strong but in those moments when you're stressed or tired or doubting yourself or wondering 
just be kind to yourself. Yeah. You know, be kind to yourself. Also, we um, love to ask our guests their kind of five diehard products. So it just doesn't, doesn't need to be kind of anything specific, but just about parenting, anything that you live and swear by. Okay, so the upper baby push chair, that yeah. just has lasted us. We're using the same one with our second one, and it's just so good. I just think it's an incredibly well-designed push chair. So upper baby push chair. If you're a new mum and you look or parent, mum or dad or whatever, looking for um, a push chair, I'd say upper baby. Uh, sec- second product, um, I would say I don't know what the name is, but the 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 cup, the drinking cup that doesn't spill. Oh, um, um, I know. Swedish I design. Oh, um, yeah. yeah, Georgia. What's it called? You know. Uh, I do know, but I don't know off the top of my head. But it's just a sippy cup. I know I know it's exactly a, what you mean. Yes. Yeah, it, it's a sippy cup that doesn't spill. And I just, oh, it just, I think it's such a genius design. I just think it's small, it's simple. Yeah, it's just a beaker. Kids, all kids have beakers, but it's just, I think it's amazing. Um, I don't and, understand why yeah. all sippy cups don't leak. Like, what? I know. Why <laughs> fucking design one that leaks everywhere in your bloody bag all the time? I'm like, oh, great. Exactly. Another thing soaking wet and it's my makeup bag. Brilliant. <laughs> exactly like yeah so yeah. yeah that product is and i'm a i'm a chuck it in the bag mum yeah like we i'm are. not you know i'm just like okay everyone get out get out i'm just like throwing nappies and things and oh where's the peacock where's the blah, blah, blah. i'm that mum so for me <laughs> having that kind of cup is like perfect ella kitchen was really is really good yes um it was it served us well in during the times that we were um you know when we used it I wish that I could be the uh, blending chickpea sweet potato <laughs> mum, but I, I'm just, I'm just, I, I, I tried it and froze, you know, did the whole freezing thing and it didn't last, for, personally for me, it didn't last long, but I wanted to try and find something near to that that felt organic and yeah. healthy and, and yeah. pure. And um, Ella Kitchen's great. And I, I love the fact that if we were out for dinner, they can just literally, you can just stick it in, um, you know, some hot water. Yeah, 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 yeah. we love Bellas, yeah. Yeah, they can just eat it. They can just suck it from the pouch. Yeah, yeah that's you know, what, yeah, that's exactly what know, we do. Yeah, or if you're on the go. So that was, that's a good product. My son, yeah. who's um, going to be three in April, basically, he just, he's, he's like allergic to all fruit and vegetables. I mean, as in, he just cannot, he just will not eat them. And even now, I give him an Ella's pouch every single day, like a smoothie one that I know has got apples and bananas. Because, yeah. you know, unless I grate, I just have to grate everything into his food to kind of get away with it. But at least with that, I know that he's getting something good that's organic and lovely. Yeah, exactly. Same Can't with Josie. Yeah. She's not, she's not really a breakfasty person. We try and give her porridge and she just doesn't want it so i'll give her like a fruit baby rice pouch and i just know that she's a you know when she's full up a little bit so yeah they're really good yeah yeah absolutely um vv an absolute treat to have you on good luck with the book please send us a copy we can't wait to read it and like good luck with everything we think you're an absolute powerhouse so thanks thank you thanks for having me and um yeah i'm really really flattered to be on the show and yeah lots of love lots of love and you Bye. Bye, bye, bye. Bye. Bye, bye. Such an interesting conversation. 
Yeah, it was really interesting. Yeah, so many different um, bits of that conversation I think a lot of people will be able to relate to. Um, You know, moving moving from London out to the countryside, you know, for a lot of us, it's just about the move, isn't it? It's just about a change of life and a change of lifestyle. And I think it can be quite easy, like as white women, to not have to think about where we move to yeah if that makes sense yeah. like I wouldn't have I wouldn't think twice about moving to the countryside other than you know oh where's my local shop and where's this but you know having that feeling of not you know people thinking you don't belong there um and being asked if you're lost or oh asking God, where's the train London. station yeah it actually it really baffles me um but yeah it's just something I'd never considered um before that and it's amazing, isn't it? Because for me, you know, unfortunately, if you hear somebody being, you know, you know, saying racist comments, it's quite, it's quite visible. And it, and you, you know, you can say, well, I'm not going to spend any time with that person, or you know, I'm not, I'm not going to look at that person. I don't want anything to do with them. But it was interesting when she said, you know, racists can wear welly boots, you know, and can have yes. a smile on their face, but actually they can make comments which are really hurtful and really old-fashioned and just really not welcome in, in 2020. And that's the side of yeah. it that I find fascinating, that they're dressed up as kind of really nice, you know, smiley sort of elderly people, but actually they make really derogatory comments. And, you know, I'm not yeah. just saying it's elderly people, but it's, you know, it's what she said. I, I just think there's just no place for it in society anymore. And it was really yeah. nice to hear her saying that she has seen a movement and a change this year since the Black Life Matters movement started which is brilliant news yeah I mean I don't know about you Zoe but I definitely feel a lot more confident pulling people up like I think in the past if someone said something that you know I, I didn't I didn't agree with or you know I thought was pretty pretty offensive I would maybe just let it go sometimes I might just sort of like turn you know just just turn my head and start another conversation or whatever Mm, but mm. now I definitely feel more confident to ask questions like Mm. you know what why would you say that like you know what make what makes you say that what why do you think it's okay to say that um and because a lot of it yeah exactly and I think you know a lot of it stems from like a you know their upbringing or whatever but yeah I definitely feel more confident to pull people up Um, that's good that's really good and you know what for us as well we have spoken about this that there wasn't as much diversity on this podcast as we wanted and it wasn't even us us going oh well we're only going to have a certain type of person on here it was more about opening up our circles and Mm. and talking and having conversations and going there with these with these conversations because you know what we don't we don't find them uncomfortable we want to have them we want to be educated and we want to be teaching our children the, the forward thinking and the correct way of dealing with these situations so that they don't they're not raised in the same society exactly exactly yeah. we want to be yeah. you know be part of the change don't we for sure we do um we do yes yes <laughs> um so we're going to be back on friday with a q a podcast for you but as always we would love you to rate review and subscribe to the podcast and if you could give us a five star that would be amazing because obviously that yes, just means that the, the reach goes further Yes, exactly. More people will get to hear these conversations. Um, and if you do have any suggestions for guests or topics that we could cover in the Friday Q&A episode, then please do drop us a message at Made by Mummers or on Zoe's own channel at Zoe Hardman. And we'll see you on Friday. we we'll see you then. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.